I'm Ryan. I'm a science teacher. I'm Cheryl, and I slept through science. Each episode, we'll tackle a science question you may have learned in school, but can't quite remember or fully explain. And I'll take the risk of asking the dumb questions so that we can all understand the science we slept through. The bell has rung. Let's get started. Welcome to Lesson 8. Ryan, I have a very important question for you this week. All right. How does the vaccine work? The vaccine. Yeah, I mean, we all know, okay, (laughs) this in our modern day, (laughs) in in these trying times that we have gone through, um, the vaccine, there's only one. Now, I'm sure that babies are still getting vaccinated with all sorts of vaccinations that, and children. And I'm sure those are still occurring, but we don't normally talk about those. But we sure are talking about the vaccine. You're talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. Yes, yes I am. Yes. yes. Yep. Well, I think that's a good question. And it's an important question. And we need to dive into our pre-assessment. Okay. So let's find out what you already know. Okay. So first of all, like just when you say vaccine in general, even separate from COVID-19, what does that mean to you? Okay. So it's uh, administered by getting a shot. Okay. And which means that, and I know that there's like different lengths of needles for different things. And I know this because I am a, gigantic baby when it comes to any pain or anything medical. <laughs> and so I've heard like, oh, this one doesn't hurt as bad because but this needle goes into the muscle, this one. So I don't know like if they all go into the same part of the body or if different vaccines go into like, di- like one goes into the bloodstream and one go, you have to put this one in your, like the fatty part of your thigh. Like it, who knows why, but okay. Um, so yeah, that's how it goes into your body. And then um, what I understand of vaccines in the past, and I know I, the reason I'm asking about this one is because I heard it's different. It's different. Okay. They, and you're excited because you're a scientist and you're excited about how it's different. But I don't really know why it's different other than like conspiracy theories. Let's not get into that today. <laughs> let's just get into how does it actually work. Okay. But um, I know that like vaccines teach your body how to fight off whatever virus or whatever the thing is. I don't, I don't even know if it's just viruses or if it's other things too, um, that it's exposed to. And so if you get exposed to the thing, your body is already familiar with how to fight it. And it's effective, whatever percentage of the time each vaccine is effective. So like if it's 99%, then like 99 out of 100 people who get exposed to a certain amount or whatever will be able to effectively fight it off and not get whatever virus it is. And there's some that you have to get like a booster. There's some, there's like a three-part series to some vaccinations. There's some that you get at different ages for some reason. I mean, I know that's really complex, but that's what I know about vaccines. Okay. So then let's get specific for the vaccine, the (laughs) COVID-19 vaccine. What do you know about that? It has something to do with DNA. Okay. 
which is also why some people are freaking out about it. But I know it's different. And that like, it's, I, what I understand is that the past ones, actually you're getting like a tiny bit of the flu or a tiny bit of whatever is in it. And in this one, you're not getting a tiny bit of COVID, but you're getting something else that's still doing the same thing of like teaching your body how to fight it. But instead it's teaching like your DNA how to fight it maybe. But notice my voice goes up because that's like the question mark question mark. I did notice that. (laughs) Yes. Very unsure of this, but this is what I understand of it. Okay. Yep. Any other thoughts that you have about either vaccines in general or the COVID-19 vaccine? Um, I am, I am pro vaccinations. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good to know. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) All right, Cheryl, we are going to start by talking about what a vaccine is in general, and then we'll build on that to talk about the COVID-19 vaccines. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So vaccines in general are usually shots, but they technically don't have to be. Oh. Just FYI. You said shots, and they usually are, but they don't have to be. Uh, And you said that they teach your body how to fight off, uh, I'm going to say, an infection. You said a virus, and you said you weren't sure if it has to just be a virus or not. It does not. It can also Mm -hmm. be for bacteria as well. Oh, okay. okay. So you can have vaccines for both. In general, they tend to be, well, I don't know like actual numbers, but we don't have a lot of treatments for viruses. And so preventative measures like a vaccine are the best approach we often have for a virus, whereas we can do antibiotics for bacteria. Mm, okay. Got so, it. Um, so there's that. And you're also right that it has to do with exposure for your immune system to something related to that infectious thing, the vi- we'll just say virus in this case, to help your immune system recognize it. So your immune system has kind of two parts. There's the part that's like always around, and then there's the part that learns from things. Okay. Okay. And this is about teaching the part that learns. And so what you do with a vaccine is, like you said, you expose your immune system to a part, traditionally when they first started, a part of either the actual virus or a very similar virus. Um, I actually just learned this, that the, the word vaccine comes from the Latin vaca, which is for cow, because it originally happened, um, the first sort of vaccine in a more traditional sense was for smallpox. Uh, And the way that they did it is they actually inoculated you, which means they like cut you and then put parts of the cowpox um, disease. And it would train your body because it was similar enough to smallpox, but you didn't actually get smallpox. Oh my gosh. You know, when people say they want to live in the past, whenever <laughs> I hear that, all I think about is situations like that Yep. and how much I'm scared of being poked by needles, but I should be very thankful that it's yep. just a little needle prick. So much better than what they used Ooh, to do. 
yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So so you're you're in general, you're right. That's what happens. And so what what a vaccine will do is it will expose your body to something that hopefully isn't the full infectious thing, like the virus. It's either a weakened form of the virus or it's a part of the virus, something so that your immune system can say, hey, that's not supposed to be here. And then they build up these things that you've probably heard of before called antibodies, Mm -hmm. right? And antibodies, those are the things that attach to something that's not supposed to be there so that your white blood cells and the other parts of your immune system recognize it and say, I'm going to get rid of you. Oh, Interesting. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead to kind of help explain this a little bit more. I'm going to draw some images for you, Cheryl, and I'll also describe them for those who are just listening along on the podcast. But if you're watching us on YouTube, you can actually see what I'm drawing. Nice. All right. So the coronavirus is there's actually it's a type of virus and you probably heard this, but the, the where it gets its name from is from these little spiky things that stick out all around it. And I'm drawing a circle with these kind of like T-shaped spikes coming off of them, but it's actually spherical. And so it points out in all directions, not really just a, a circle. Um, and it kind of looks like a like a crown. And that's what the word Corona means is crown. Oh. And so that's why they're called coronaviruses is because they have these spiky things that kind of look crown-like that are around the outside of the virus. And actually there's lots of coronaviruses. One form of the cold is actually a coronavirus. So, oh my gosh, next time I get a cold, I'm gonna tell people I have the coronavirus. <laughs> maybe maybe that's not a good idea, Cheryl. <laughs> I mean, just it's up to you. <laughs> but what happens is those spikes, which again have been, uh, talked about a lot. It's called the spike protein because it's a protein. Oh. Right. And so they're just sticking on the outside and that's what your immune system can use to identify it. So an antibody, which is usually sort of Y-shaped. So it kind of has like a a partial triangle part with something sticking off the top. So it's kind of like a Y and it will actually attach itself to the spike protein. Oh, and then and so you and uh, and your body kind of figures out that, ooh, here is here's this thing that's not supposed to be there. And so it makes more and more and more of these antibodies. And that's how it can actually identify the virus as bad so that the rest of your immune system can then come and destroy it. So your body makes more antibodies. Are every single one of those antibodies it makes going to try and attach to the virus. So antibodies are unique for whatever they're attaching to. So these antibodies will attach to the spike protein of the coronavirus. But they were made for each other. They were made for each other, like Aww. literally. They were made for each other. I love um, that. But different different organisms have different structures. So whether it's a bacterium or a virus, they don't all have spike proteins. Some of them have, you know, uh, carbohydrates that are sticking off the end, or like all sorts of different things. And so the antibodies are designed to fit with the right thing. But if it's a new something that the body hasn't seen before. It doesn't have a bunch of antibodies sitting around, or it may not even know which antibody is the right one to fit onto that particular invader. So does my body 
have some like blank antibodies <laughs> and then when it meets something new one of the antibodies comes up to it and learns how to fit it and then it makes more or is there something else in my body that learns how to make the correct antibody for that particular virus no not really it's a really good question um the antibodies are made to match a specific uh, invader. And so there's another type of cell called a, a B cell that actually latches on first and figures out how to make the antibody and then gives the instructions on how to make antibodies. And then it's a complicated process that I don't fully understand, but it's, it is a multi-step process. And I'm skipping some of the steps to just say, hey, we get these antibodies, but cool. so they're not just blank ones floating around. They're made specifically for whatever that pathogen or invader is. Wow. That's so cool. I mean, I think so. <laughs> so what a vaccine does is it gives the body something other than the actual full pathogen to attach to so it can make antibodies so it's ready when the real thing comes. Oh, okay. Right? So sometimes, and you kind of referenced this before, there's different types of vaccines. Some vaccines are just like a dead version of the pathogen, or it could be oh. part of the pathogen. Um, like for example, there are some of the actual vaccines for COVID-19 aren't kind of the new type, um, but they're just the spike protein. So mm -hmm. the vaccine itself is just the spike protein because that's really all the immune system needs to know what type of antibody to make. And so it has a whole bunch of spike proteins that get delivered in the vaccine. And then your, the, your body can say, hey, this spike protein isn't supposed to be here. And it doesn't matter that it's not connected to the rest of the virus. And for us, that's good because then it's not going to infect us. It can't because that yeah. part's not there. That's really cool. So is that why people, when they get like a flu vaccine, they feel like they have the flu? Is because well, their sometimes. body is like kind of fighting off the flu yes so if and i don't know off the top of my head uh what type of vaccine the flu vaccine is okay but most of the things that we experience as symptoms of any sort of infection are actually our own body's responses not the thing infecting us so fever chills aches uh, feeling sick, right? Sick to your stomach. Those are all, are all our body's response, not actually the, the thing that's infecting mm. us, making us feel that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So like our bodies raise our temperature so that they can more effectively fight the pathogen. Got it. Right. So it's They're like, we're just going to smoke them out. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's why, yes, you can have side effects that sometimes are very similar to being infected because your body thinks it's infected, even yeah. though it's not. Yeah. But none of the actual damage that would be caused by that infecting agent actually happens. I mean, that's good. It is good. So you still yeah. might feel kind of crummy, but not because you have cells that are exploding. Because, by the way, that's what viruses do. Viruses attach to one of your cells and in some form they take over that cell 
they hijack the DNA and make the cell make more viruses until the, there are so many viruses in the cell that it explodes. And then all those viruses go off and do the same thing. That is ruthless. It is ruthless. That's, I mean, there's some variation in there, but that's basically what viruses do. And so that's why they're bad. So you don't have any exploding cells when you have a vaccine, mm, <laughs> even though okay. you may feel crummy. Mm -hmm. Now that really kind of then leads into the second part, which is what's unique about some of our COVID-19 vaccines. And specifically, there are two vaccines that we've had here in the United States, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine that are called mRNA vaccines. Have you heard that? Yes. Yes. I have heard that term. Do you have any idea what mRNA is? Well, it sounds a little bit like DNA. It does sound a Coincidence? Like DNA. I think not. It's definitely not a coincidence. <laughs> it's definitely not a coincidence. So I'm just going to give you a quick little background that you may or may not remember. It's not super important, but DNA is actually an acronym for deoxyribonucleic acid. Fancy. And I'm going to write it out so you can see it. Thank you. You're welcome. And RNA is also an acronym for ribonucleic acid. Oh. Very similar. Yes. The only difference is that deoxy portion, right? Mm -hmm. So DNA is deoxy, which basically just means it has one less oxygen. Oh, okay. So it actually is very similar. They are physically. very similar. Yep. Okay. There's a few more differences. We won't really get into a lot of those differences, um, but they're very, very similar molecules in their structure. They're the same type. They're nucleic acids, which is one of the four types of molecules in living things. So that's, um, so yeah, they are similar, but they're not quite the same. So let's just talk real quickly about a cell. So if we were to have a cell, if we were to zoom in and look at a cell, all the DNA would be contained in a structure inside the cell. And you might even remember what the name of that structure is. Do you know? The cell that the DNA is in? So inside of a cell, there's a structure inside the cell that holds the DNA. No. You will as soon as I say it. It's the nucleus. Oh, yes. The yep. nucleus. Yeah. Exactly. So inside the nucleus is where all the DNA of our cells is kept. And that's on purpose. It helps protect the DNA because it's kind of important because it's all of the instructions for how to do all of the things that it takes to be you. Got it. So kind of a big deal, right? We're going to zoom in here a little bit. And the tricky thing is that the DNA has to stay inside the nucleus. Okay, so I'm zooming in, we're looking at the nucleus here, and the DNA, and I'm going to just kind of show like a little bit of a strand of DNA here, and I am not a great artist, but you've probably seen like it's sort of the double helix, right, the double twist, sometimes it's called the twisted ladder. Yes. Right, and again, I'm not a great artist, but kind of two different sides and they have these different things that kind of stick out from each side and they pair up and whatever. That's where all the instructions are. But the things that actually make uh, proteins, which is the stuff that does everything in our cells, are called ribosomes and they're not in the nucleus. They are outside of the nucleus. 
Oh, okay. So in order to get the information from the DNA, where it's the instructions for how to make proteins, to the ribosome, we need an intermediary. We need something to carry that message from the DNA to the ribosome. Okay. Is this making sense? Yes. Okay. This is where our friend RNA comes in. What we end up with is a smaller molecule that kind of goes in and makes a copy of part of the DNA, just the part needed to make whatever the protein is. Let's say it's the protein that gives your hair its color, for okay. example, right? And so it copies just that part, and then it's small enough that it can actually leave the nucleus and go to the ribosome. And that is called, that one molecule that has copied it is called mRNA. And that M stands for messenger. Oh, okay. Because it's carrying the message from the DNA to the ribosome, where it yeah. can then make the protein that it needs to make. The protein that gives you brown, uh, brown color in your hair. Mm -hmm. Making sense? Yes. Okay. So that mRNA is just able to go in and it goes in the ribosome and it goes through this whole big process. So that is the same type of RNA that's in the vaccine. It's called mRNA. Oh, so it's the little copy. It's the little copy. And the way that it works for COVID-19 is they were able, they being really smart scientists, were able to sequence all of the DNA of the coronavirus and figure out which part of the DNA has the instructions for making the spike protein. And so they oh found the part of the DNA that makes the spike protein. And then they made a little mRNA segment that has the instructions for how to make the spike protein. And that is what's in the vaccine, is the little mRNA strand. And so what wow. we used to have to do is, and I think I mentioned this, right? You could make, you could make a bunch of spike protein and then put mm -hmm. that into a vaccine and sure. inject that into you, right? And that would but work they, too. And it would work. Got it. Okay. okay? Um, and it just injects the spike protein. But what that means is you have to make a bunch of spike protein. Yeah. Which yeah. you end up doing basically the same way. You still, you just do it in bacteria usually. Um, but like you get ribosomes that can read the instructions and make the protein. And then you have to collect the protein and make sure that it's the pure protein and do all that sort of stuff. Well, now we're using the ribosomes in our own cells to make the spike protein. So we get the mRNA injected mm -hmm. into our bodies. Yep. And then it delivers that message to our own ribosomes. Yep. And then our bodies then know how to make the spike protein. Mm -hmm. And then our body makes the spike protein. Mm -hmm. And then that little like B cell copy guy yep. figures out, here's how we're going to make this antibody. And then our body makes the antibodies. That's it. You got it. And no wonder I had side effects from my COVID vaccine. That's a lot going on in my little body. <laughs> well, your little body is, their ribosomes are doing things all the time. Wow. So that's not a new process. Like, again, that's how your body does 
everything that it needs to do. Wow. Okay. Is through this process. This is a normal process that are like every, well, not every, most cells in your body right now are going through this process with some, with multiple different strands of mRNA making different things. Wow. Wow. This is just what our cells do. And so all we're doing is just using what our cells already do and just having them do the make the spike protein part. The other part that's great is mRNA is a small molecule and it's a really temporary molecule. Like you usually only make, it usually will only like go through the ribosome once or maybe twice. And then it kind of just falls apart. Oh, wow. So then eventually the nothing's in there, but the little, my new antibodies. Yep. Yep. Because basically your body just recycles this little parts of mRNA all the time to make the new mRNA that it needs to make to make whatever other thing it needs to make. So So is that why the shot was small? I don't think that's why the shot was small. I think the size probably has to do with like the way it's being delivered and how much is an effective dose and a lot of those things. Yeah. Okay. It also, the mRNA does not change the DNA. Oh, so some people are like, you're changing my DNA. No, yep. it was never changing. It's not because mRNA never changes DNA. All it does is make a copy from DNA. It's physically and in this impossible. Case, yep. And it's not even DNA. doing that. It's not even doing that because it's already made. So yeah. it's just going through the ribosome and then falling apart. Got it. Nice. Cool. So there you go. Go That's science. The basics of how the... Uh, the the new mRNA vaccine works. That's so cool. Well, that was a great summary, Cheryl, but it's now time for your quiz. Man, I thought if I summarized it, it'd be like, oh, she knows it super well. And now we can just skip the whole quiz and just give me an A+. Well, you did do a very good job on the summary. So I think you will do just fine on the quiz. So okay. no fear. Oh, boy. So first question, big picture. So not all the details, but just big picture. How do vaccines work? They create antibodies that are unique to fighting off whatever virus they're trying to fight off that then live in your body so that they can fight them off if you're exposed to it. And what does the vaccine do so that you can create those antibodies? It gives you some portion of it depends on the one but it gives you something that then your body can learn how to create the antibodies awesome great second question uh and you sort of answered this one already but what are antibodies and why are they important they are what attack the bad stuff in your body (laughs) like viruses And um, they're important because without them, viruses would um, wreak havoc on our cells. And we wouldn't want that. I mean, I wouldn't want it. I can't speak for anyone else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. What's different between DNA and RNA? And there's multiple things you could say for this. DNA has to stay in the nucleus. Mm Mm-hmm. And RNA is outside of the nucleus. And DNA is the thing that like actually 
has the instructions on how to be whatever it is it's going to be like brown hair being brown etc and rna um does not have those instructions on its own or like is is not the source of that information Yeah, yeah it's just a copy copy there we go yeah perfect um and last question what is different about an mRNA vaccine compared to previous vaccines? Um, the mRNA one, we aren't getting any part of the virus, not a dead one, not a piece of a protein of one or anything. We're only getting the instructions on how to create the antibodies. No, no, we're not creating. No, it's instructions of how to create the little the little guys that stick out if it's a carbohydrate or a protein we're getting instructions on how to create those as opposed to getting those itself so it doesn't skip a step it actually is more steps because then we have to create the thing so it feels like oh it doesn't even skip a step but they're much smaller mm-hmm. to create maybe they can mass produce them more well, and actually, when we talk about from the human perspective, it actually that's one of the reasons why those vaccines could be ready sooner is because we didn't have to make the spike protein mm-hmm. first, right? We didn't have to make whatever the thing was to then inject you because we have to basically go through the, that process regardless to have that end result. And yeah. they just let ourselves do the make the spike protein part. As opposed to paid employees doing that. Yes. Part. Okay. So our bodies are working for free and should be charging an hourly rate for this. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. That's that's what I'm going to take away. Yep. Yep. That's, that sounds accurate. I'll just wait for my check from the government then. (laughs) Yeah. You, you do that, Cheryl. (laughs) So there you go. That's, that's the vaccine, the vaccines in general and how the vaccine works. That is so cool. Thank you for telling me. You are welcome. Well, we've only got a few minutes left, so why don't you go ahead and start packing up your stuff while I get ready for my closing remarks. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Slept Through Science or on Twitter at Slept Science. If you have dumb science questions like I do, please send them to us. You can email us at isleptthroughscience at gmail.com or you can even send us a voice memo and we'll play it on the podcast. Please rate and review our podcast to tell other people what you think about it. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode and share about our podcast on social media. Thank you to Beth Reed Miller for the artwork. You can check out more of Beth's artwork at Beth is something. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. Ah, The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you.